0: Hello and welcome to the Local Storyan podcast with me, Eli Lewis Lysett, where we explore the extraordinary local histories of Cheshire, Derbyshire and Staffordshire. In this episode, it's my take on the bizarre and remarkable life of Samuel Maggotty Johnson, a man remembered to Cheshire history as the last jester in England, but in reality a chap who was in his own lifetime variously known as a playwright, an actor, a teacher and while well, a lunatic... Little understood and endlessly confounding, let's take a look at one of the most unusual characters in all of Cheshire history. Most will be familiar in Cheshire with Samuel Johnson due to the fact that he's got a grave in Maggoty Woods in the village of Goresworth where he was born and died. And this grave, well in fact there's two tombstones, uh, slabs next to one another in the woods. One with an engraving dictated from his own words and a second believed to have been added in the 19th century. That's just one element of the mystery with Samuel Johnson. So what was the truth of his life? Well, he was christened at St Michael's Church in Macclesfield in December of 1691, and he grew up in Goresworth. His life perhaps should have played out much the same as with many people of his social standing, perhaps rural farm work or tending to horses, this, this kind of thing. But his life would actually go on to be a remarkable mix of social mobility and struggle with the brilliance of his mind. Gorsworth Hall itself is a Tudor master build of 1480 and it comes complete with a tilting garden and pleasure grounds. The history of the hall itself is quite strange at times when you're going back through the archives There was Mary Fitton there in the 1500s, the dark lady of Shakespeare's sonnets, supposedly. And then Charles Gerard, the lieutenant general of the King's Horse during the Civil War, who ejected the Fitton family from the hall in 1662 when he returned from exile following the coronation of King Charles II. But perhaps most of all, the most fascinating aspect for me of that period of time is what happened following the death of the 3rd Earl of Macclesfield in 1701, which sparked a feud between two claimants to the hall, the Duchess of Hamilton and Lady Mohan. And this feud raged on for ten years or more, and reached its conclusion in a duel with their husbands in 1712 in Hyde Park in London, where they both killed one another. It was such a shocking event that Queen Anne herself campaigned to stop dueling being a means of resolution. And so this is the world that Samuel grew up in. We don't know a great deal about the early part of his life, but by the 1720s, so when he was 30, this local boy from Gordsworth had somehow become a dancing master to high society in Manchester. And he really did stand out. In 1722, he curated a ball in Manchester, that was attended by the poet John Byron, And come 1724, when he would have been 33, he's known to have become a master fiddle player in London. And it was there that he teamed up with the Duke of Montague, who was a patron of the new theater scene that had just started in what's now the West End. And it's Johnson who gives that theater, the Theatre Royal Haymarket, its first big hit production. So even just in this part of his life, he’s gone from being a local lad in Gorsworth, who we assume had no nobility or such-like connected to his family, to being quite a serious figure on the London theater scene. That play, the first big hit for the theater royal, was called "Hurlow Thrumbo, or "The Supernatural," and it was written by Johnson and starred Johnson in its leading role, as its central character, Lord Flame. A character he would retain throughout his life from that point forward, and indeed would have the title of Love Flame put on his tombstone when he died. Hurlow Thrumbo was something of a nonsense play, kind of like a forerunner to Monty Python, that's my interpretation. And he would dance, play the fiddle, act, and all the while apparently whilst wearing stilts. When it opened in 1729, it ran for 30 consecutive nights to an audience full of celebrities of the day who apparently applauded from beginning to end every single night. One particular highlight being a song that Johnson sung during the play that encouraged the king to make a cocktail of gunpowder and brandy. So before he was 40, he was now a major star on the London theatre scene and he would produce further plays, comedies and tragedies, but none that had quite the impact of *Hurlow Thrumbo. He would also publish books and poems. One particular favourite of mine is a collection called The Merry Thought, which is believed to have been published and compiled by Johnson himself, noting all the alehouse and latrine graffiti in London at the time, and it's outlaid in this book. I did tell you he was a bizarre character. But his theatre career started to wane, and by the 1740s he's come back to Gorsworth in Cheshire, where he'd stay for the rest of his life. It's this time, I believe, coupled with his earlier patronage from the Duke of Montague, where the image of the last jester seems to have come from. Because he wasn't a jester for a king, George I, second and third were on the throne during his lifetime. And he was never around that level of royal circle and that kind of courtly setting. But he was definitely the star performer back in Gorsworth for guests at the hall. For the next 30 years of his life he would perform for the great and good that were visiting and he was still a ferocious talent, if a little odd. Rumours circulated that he would take to walk in the woods at night dressed in character as Lord Flame, accompanied by a mysterious lady companion, who some maybe thought was a witch. And it's this action and these activities around the village, this kind of bizarre behaviour that led to his nickname, because some of the locals didn't find Johnson's antics all that esoteric. Rather, they said he had maggots in his brain, which is where the name of Samuel Maggotty Johnson comes from. And it's around this image that his current favour as a kind of local cartoon character, there's children's school projects on him and things like that, really stems from. Towards the end of his life, it's said that he fired an arrow from Newhall, the building which had been built in 1707 by Lord Mohun. his desire being to be buried at the spot where the arrow fell. And it's said that that today is where Maggotty Woods is located. And it's where those two independent tomb slabs have been placed side by side. And this is the inscription from the one attributed to his own dictation and his own words. Under this stone rest the remains of Mr. Samuel Johnson, afterwards ennobled with the grander title of Lord Flame, who, after having been in his life distinct from other men, chose to retain the same character after his death, and was, at his own desire, buried here May 5th, 1773. Stay, thou who chance directs or ease persuades, to seek the quiet of these sylvan shades, here undisturbed and hid from vulgar eyes, a wit, musician, a poet, player lies. A dancing master too, in grace he shone, And all the arts of opera were his own. In comedy while skilled he drew Lord Flame, Acted the part and gained himself the name. Adverse to strive, how oft did gravely say, These peaceful groves should shade his breathless clay, That when he rose again, laid here alone. No friend and he should quarrel for a bone, Thinking that there was some old lame gossip nigh, she possibly might take his leg or thigh. Wow, that's a man with a strong self-image, and this character of Lord Flame that just wouldn't leave him since he'd invented it 40-odd years earlier. But that force of image and character isn't something that everyone appreciated, or at least it seems that way. And there being a second grave slab next to that one has sometimes been attributed to an idea that he had actually been buried in the parish church and then reinterred in the woods. But the county records of the time do list Maggotty Woods as his resting place. So this second slab, which is believed ultimately to have been down to the will of Lady Harrington, who the local pub retains their family name, a local landowner who perhaps wasn't too keen on the memory of Johnson being so powerful in the local area, is inscribed as thus. If chance had brought thee here or curious eyes to see the spot where this poor jester lies a thoughtless jester even in his death, uttering his jibes beyond his lastest breath. O stranger, pause a moment, pause and say, Tomorrow shouldn't thou quit this house of clay? Where will thou be, my soul, in paradise? Or where the rich man lifted up his eyes? Immortal spirit, wouldn't thou be blessed, waiting thy perfect bliss on Abraham's breast? Boast not of silly art or wit or fame. Be thou ambitious of a Christian's name. Seek not thy body's rest in peaceful grove, and pray that thy soul may rest in Jesus' love. O speak not lightly of that dreadful day when all must rise in joy or dismay, when spirits pure in body glorified, with Christ in heavenly mansions shall abide, while wicked souls shall hear the judges' boom. Go ye accursed into endless gloom. Look on that stone and this, and ponder well, then choose between life and death, heaven and hell. I get the feeling that Johnson himself would have liked the confusion the second grave slab has created. We're still talking about him. But ultimately his story is an incredible tale of social mobility, as I mentioned earlier, and talent. I mean, can we imagine just how good he must have been to have risen as he did through society from a village in Cheshire? He must have been phenomenal. And I guess we'll never quite be sure who we should be commemorating there at his resting place in Maggotty Woods. Is it the poet? The teacher? The dancing master? I'm not sure, but the man's own opinion of that is somewhat clear. It may have been Samuel Johnson that was born in Goresworth, Cheshire in 1691, but the man that was buried there in 1773 was very definitely Lord Flame. You can find my full research piece on this story along with many others in my book, Storic Origins, which is available via Amazon. If you enjoy the podcast, you might find my website interesting too, thelocalmythstorian.com. Please sign up for the newsletter and you'll also get access to the Members Library, where there's PDFs, audio files and all sorts of content related to the local history and folklore of Cheshire, Derbyshire and Staffordshire. You can find me on Twitter too, at TLMythStorian. It's been a pleasure. Until next time.